Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of the dental community. This is Patrick O'Rourke on a Friday afternoon. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm here with Depeche Tarim and Mark Cooper. Um, before we get started, uh, and I forget, uh, let me thank our sponsors, Practice Quotient. Uh, their firm does PPO negotiations and analysis. So please be sure to check them out at www.practicequotient.com. If you're not a math person, that's Q-U-O-T-I-E-N as in Nancy, T.com, practicequotient.com. All right. So with that, um, today is the fir- first time I've had two guests on the show. And Depeche and Mark, I really appreciate you guys being here. And I was trying to come up with the, an idea or like a theme of the show. And so at first I thought, well, this is really the show is going to be uh, people smarter than Patrick. And then I thought to myself, well, that doesn't make them look that great, you know, because I'm setting the bar pretty low here. Um, and so then I said, you know what, here's the, why I like both of you very much. You have your own journeys, you, you know, Depeche, you are a multifaceted provider, but you weren't always a provider. And so let's start with you. Tell us about your origin and then how you came to be the um, dental solutions, grow the dental solutions empire. Yeah. So I came out of the gate in 2006. I was, uh, grew up in uh, Louisiana, South Louisiana, and then did my uh, dental schooling at uh, IU uh, once I came out, we uh, uh, built my first practice shortly after, built a second one, uh, and then I haven't looked back, you know. Uh, we've, we've got a multidisciplinary office at this point, uh, a specialty practice, uh, and I'm involved in a lot of things outside of dentistry also, uh, as you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like what? So that, like what are you involved with, cheerleading? Yeah. <laughs> I should be. Uh, no, you know, so as, as I was starting out the, my, uh, my offices, at the same time, I was uh, developing uh, hotels. Uh, so I grew up in hospitality. Uh, so my parents, uh, you know, are, are in hotel industry. And uh, I literally grew up, uh, you know, living in a hotel uh, on it, right? So my parents obviously immigrated from India. Uh, worked their way up, uh, and ultimately, you know, got into ownership uh, model uh, of a hotel, and then that's kind of what we grew, and that's what you know helped put me through school, uh, sure. and also so naturally, um, I was a keen to that industry, and then from that, uh, as my career prolonged, I got into you know other venture opportunities and venture capital firms and things like that, so. Um, I also operate a, a, a private equity firm that, uh, does, you know, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up, did yeah. you have to make your own bed or did you have a maid? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we did have to make our own bed. Gotcha. All right. So your parents uh, so made you work for it. Huh? Yeah, man, we were, we were poor. 
uh, and it was, it was a small motel, you know, it wasn't the Holiday Inn <laughs> that we're thinking of. Uh, That's what I am thinking of. I'm thinking of yeah, Reds, like woke up in like a presidential suite. Yeah, I you wish know, it like was little chocolates on day. your pillows at night. Like that's yeah, awesome. No. Turn down no. service. No, none of that, huh? Uh, and it's, it was, you know, we we started with nothing. Yeah, I like uh, that. And, and we've we've come a long way, and we're still, you know, pioneering, growing. Uh, and kind of creating a path and, and, and establishing a, a legacy for our kids. Amen. Amen. I like that. You're a hustler. And speaking of the word hustler, um, Mark Cooper, who I had the privilege of being on your show, The Wisdom Chronicles, which is awesome and terrific. And I was, it was an honor. And I believe you used that word to me. And you said, Patrick, you're a hustler. And yeah. that is a, Big, big compliment to me in my mind, right? So that's a good thing. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be Mark Cooper of the Wisdom Chronicles. 75 years old. So it's, a, it's a, at least an hour show. If, to go back historically, I, I, my description of where I came from is middle class, um, went to an all-boys high school. I'm writing a memoir, so this is really easy for me at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Rekindle my memory of my parents and my grandparents and my neighborhoods. Went to uh, high school, college, and dental school all on the same street. Really? Oh, so I'm a Philly boy. Then came out to the University of Washington and did perio training and an advanced degree in immunology. And then I thought I was going to go down that path, by the way. I signed up for the plan because I didn't want to go to the Vietnam War. So I spent two years in the military as a major, which was a mistake for them, um, <laughs> and learned my craft as a periodist. Sure. I got, I got really good at it. And it was like, oh, okay. So I went and bought a practice. And then I got to where you go. You call it boredom. I call it end of the future. Oh, there it is. That's the end of my future. I've done something enough to say I've accomplished that. And you need who's on the call and what you're both about, which is interesting to me, is you're both about creating futures. That's what you want to do. Um mm-hmm. So I kept on going and uh, did some practice management consulting for a while. And then it got to be a business and then it got to be courses. And then it got to be the usual bullshit that we all do in this industry because it's all an industry. Mm -hmm. And I got bored with that. So I went and did corporate consulting for about 10 years and hospital consulting with the senior executives of the boards. Like, oh, that's the game. Because we're all going to be in that game. We're not. We don't know we're in that game, but we're in that game. Mm, that's a big boy game. You're yeah, right. exactly. And then I said, and, but my interest is really about how the human being operates. Who am I really? And so I kept on going that down that path more than academically or educational wise. I you know, sat at the foot of gurus, and I went to India, and I did the meditations in Eslin, and I did all of it, and I still do. Because I think the inward journey has got more juice than the outward journey. Mm. No matter what I can accomplish out there, who I am is makes the difference. 
So I, that's, that's the nature of my work. I work on who people are because that's how they see the world and how they see, how he sees the world is remarkable. He sees opportunity where people are blind. I, I mean, how do you do that? How do you get that perspective? Well, it isn't because his glasses, although he probably has nice glasses, it's because who he is sees that. He, mm-hmm. So that's that. That's my preference. So following that path, I joined a consulting company. I did uh, outsourcing work, GE Capital, Boeing, uh, Intel, uh, seven hospital systems. I, I really, I think other insurance companies, National Insurance Dental Plans was on my thing for two years. I did Delta, uh, Washington. I did DentaQuest when it was first formed. I mean, you know. You've been, you've been you've been around. You've touched a lot of different industries in a lot of different ways. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, you said what this call is about. I think for me, what I'm listening for is what's the future? Because the future always lives in other people speaking. And the future always does. It's just oh oh yeah, and I also get paid for that. I'm, or even, I would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's good to be able to say, oh, predict the future, get out ahead of it. I agree Is with enough you. Introduction there. I love it. And I love li- it. listening to you calms me for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I like oh, it. We, let's, I could go on that side for another at least five minutes. So the, my access to what we've just been talking about is through language. Because I find it's the most immediate need to be able to access the things that people are about themselves. Neurolinguistic programming is really a brilliantly designed piece of work. You know, they say that 7% is by the words, 38% is by the tone, and the rest is by emotion. So emotional intelligence becomes extraordinarily important if you start taking a look at running a show here. Mm-hmm. So all these tributaries, but it always comes back to self-awareness. Who the hell am I? How come I see it that way? What's in the way of me seeing it another way? So there are uh, ways of opening yourself up to understanding yourself at a deeper level. And in doing that, once you recognize it, you can change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really the key. If I see something, if I keep on doing the same stupid shit I always do, and it always ends up the way it always ends up, I have to be the problem. But I can't see what's the stimulus to give me that response. So if mm-hmm. you take people down to the very oh, oh, I see that, then they can choose another form of action to take when that stimulus occurs. So that's also part of the work I do. I love it. Love it, love it. So, and that's got to be very satisfying, you know, when when you're successful. Uh, is there a way for those that are listening, somebody out there is probably stuck in a rut somehow, somewhere. And uh, I forget who said it right off of hand, uh, but uh, they said, you know, the thing about a rut is that, you know, you're in a rut. You keep digging a rut and eventually it becomes a grave. And so if there's some folks out there listening that are in a rut, is there something simple that they can do to stop, drop, and roll? Number one, I'll go through a series. How's that? Sure. I can do this. Number one is name me one person who isn't in a rut. 
Depeche. No, he's in a rut. He's got his ruts. Yes, absolutely. Human beings to know that there's a rut somewhere up there. He could have all the accomplishment over here, but there's another part that really probably needs a bit of work because all the attention's over here. Absolutely. Okay, so that causes strain in him because he's got core values. Anyway, this is a whole story. It's a whole story. Mm -hmm. So the best thing to do is to recognize it's human. Everybody's in a rut. Buddha yeah. says every life is suffering. We're, you know, that we're, the Americans would say everybody's in a rut. So you got to get off your shit about it. You know, I'm in a rut. Okay. The, people go into ruts. Now, what am I going to do about it is a different story. I will bet that every rut that you have, there is no action being taken. Period. So the first thing you do in your rut is recognize that you got one. And two is, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. R- recognize and then either you know what are you going to do about it if you're not going to take action and you just have to accept it right and then move on yeah, so you're checking it off in your head right or i say stop lying to yourself i'm never going to do that <laughs> that would be refreshing actually you know what Mm-mm. but so i think the hardest thing for people to get are that they're people mm. You know, they're going for an ideal. I, I say things now. I'm going to start using words that often don't sink in your listening because you don't think the way I speak. So it somewhat sounds like a foreign language from time to time. Depeche gets it. He's at a level of intellect beyond that. He's also got the intelligence emotionally and physically and systemically to hear in a different way than other people do. Entrepreneurs do that. The future lives in other people speaking, and listening is more powerful than speaking. Absolutely. And so learning how to listen is what, you know, I work with too many people who really resist learning how to listen. I'm trying to get better at it. It's a a muscle to build. Yeah. And so when they listen to themselves about the rut, what they hear is shame and blame and guilt and I shouldn't be in a rut and all this. But hey, man, we're all in a rut. What are we going to do about it? So I don't think, I think the real key is permission here. Just go do something about it. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. And then it's not, a, once you're in action, the relationship to the issue changes. Hmm. I like that. All right. So Depeche, you were nodding your head a lot there and yeah. the viewers can't see your head nodding. So what are your thoughts? You know, and he's on point uh, about being in a rut. For example, when things hit the fan with, with the COVID thing, you know, our practices are shut down. Hotels go from full occupancy to no occupancy. Oh, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like it was, it was a factor of, Everything I've ever worked for and accomplished and done all of a sudden is upside down. Uh, my entire organization upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, as, as, the, as a leader of the pact, uh, you know, you got to make hard decisions uh, and sound decisions uh, and very logical ones. So, speaking of the rut, the first few days of this thing, I was, for me, I was absolutely in a, not only a rut, the biggest rut I've ever encountered 
in the in the 15 years of my professional life uh, on Eric. So now digging out of the rut, my thing is, you know, I'm not a sideline type of guy. I'm, you know, I'm I, I'm a type of guy where I think about it, I figure it out, I'm going to get out of it. But the first few days of it, yes, absolutely, it was depressing. You don't you don't know what to do. You're not thinking logical. Uh, but you go back to your core values, and and for me, it's the you know it's the spiritual aspect, right? Uh, it's the intellectual aspect. It's the inner peace uh, aspect. It's the the meditation uh, type of stuff that I do. Uh, my diet and exercise program to keep my mind off of the negativity, all the bad, right? Uh, and I'm not the type of guy that listens to the news and the uh, and all the media stuff. So, you know, I tune all that out and then I sit down and, and figure out, okay, I can't change what's happening around me. What do I have to do now? Uh, and, and how do I best play the cards uh, that are open uh, on it now? And then we establish a, a plan of attack uh, and then we kind of start executing on it. Right. So, you know, all my managers are, are, are looking to me and we employ uh, throughout my organization, we employ hundreds of people. Uh, so, you know, things I'm, they're looking at, they're like, listen, guy, are you going to fire a boatload of people here uh, or what? And uh, luckily enough in, in the, on the dental side of things, even though we were closed for an extended period of time, we retained uh, everybody and, you know, I made sure nobody had to go on unemployment and things like that. Um, and then on the on on all my you know other private ventures, we tried to keep as as many people as we could. Uh, but on my part, it required uh, a very sound and and a very logical plan of uh, attack. Uh, because at the end of the day everybody's looking at me for making decisions and I almost feel like some of these were some more pivotal decisions in, in my career, uh, and how to best handle this situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as, as with what Mark was talking about, uh, about a rut. Yes. I think in life we have, you know, it's a constant influx of ruts, whether, whatever it may be, whether it's small things, big things, uh, and it's it's what sets us apart is how we handle it on a day to day basis, right, Mark? It's enjoyable being with you, so I just want to express that because there's something that I get out of this conversation that validates and allows me to see things that I haven't seen before. So for me, I'd like a herd of you. It would be great to have that kind of crew around me. Um, I have a question for you, though. What uh-huh. did you, so we, you went through this crisis. You went through all this stuff. You, the first two days you were paralyzed, and then you figured it out to some degree. Again, you took action. Yes. As soon as you got into action, your relationship to the issue changed. Okay. <laughs> what changed about you? Uh, so, you know, I went through uh, Sudguru's online program uh, f- for one, and, you know, I, I always try to keep, I do the best that I can to surround myself with people smarter than me. Uh, 
uh, on it. And, you know, I was calling a lot of people just to, just to talk. I just, you know, at the end of the day, I just needed to talk to people, uh, and, and kind of get a good grasp on, Hey, what are they doing? How are they handling the situation? What's going on in their life? Uh, on it. Right. So I was looking at items from talking to other people on what can I feed off of, uh, and where can I find the motivation to establish a basis to take off? So that's what I was looking at. I was, I was soul searching through other people. Uh, it's not my interview, but I, you're at the, such a great place. So there's in the phenomenon that I work on uh-huh. called distinction. So there's something that lives out there that you're able yeah. to say lives in a certain way this way. So that people see it differently than they did before. Right. I was looking for a form of energy. Yes. At the end of the day. I don't know what that energy is, but I was just, I was looking for it. At some point you're going to strike. Mm. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that's part of why I started this show, but yeah. you know, but you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You're going to have a bunch of failures till you get there. Uh, but the hustle, the swagger is in, you, you just got to kind of keep your head down, stay humble, keep searching. Mm-hmm. One foot in front of the other some days, you know, um, yeah. for underneath sure. That, underneath that, there's another drive. There's a, another driver. What drives you to do with all that stuff? Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's number one, it's kind of the, 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 the hustle that I have within myself. It's the fire that I have in myself. It's the way I grew up as how I was raised. Um, and, you know, being the oldest in the, in, in the family, uh, being the oldest kid, uh, oldest of all the cousins and things like that. I feel like at the end of the day, everybody looks up at me too. Right. So, uh, I have, I feel like I, I need to portray myself in a, in a certain way. And that's kind of fuel for me too. Right. Um, and then when I look up to people, I'm, I'm like, for example, sports legends, I'm looking at, um, you know, folks like uh, Kobe Jordans and, and, and things like that in the dental industry. I'm, you know, I'm talking to some of the giants in the industry, uh, also. Right. So I'm always looking to, Hey, what are you doing and what should I be doing? Uh, type of things. And that keeps me motivated. Oh, I'll, I'll augment that just a little bit. One thing that I found to be um, beneficial was helping other folks as well. Right. Not, not in my industry really even, but you know, other people needed a lift here and there, you know, I'm from the insurance industry. There's conversations that happen there with folks. Um, you know, when times get hard, you find out where your friends are. And, uh, you know, I'm not usually the kind of friend that you call every week, chit chat about your week, but when, uh, when it hits the fan, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know? And, uh, so, you know, my brother too was going through something and I said, well, you know what, you need to start your own business. And he's like, well, I can't do that. And I said, why can't you? Just using that little piece right there. What was different about you when you were contributing or compassionate or whatever that was than was, wasn't there beforehand? I don't like it when you ask me questions. I don't know the answer to (laughs) (laughs) your best shot. (laughs) Um, what was missing? I mean, 
I mean, you know, here you are, and you're not. People are different when they are contributing. Okay, so you were different. I'm just asking you not that you should change. What was the difference? I think you take a step out of yourself, right? And you're, for some reason, I'm more motivated to help other people than I am even to help myself. Um, you know, my I have a competitive fire and certainly have a little bit of a... Um, <laughs> animal that lives within me and but you know the one thing that uh i think everybody draws on different emotions and you know helping other people and trying to show them the way um especially folks that are in a place where they don't think that they can and a lot of times the difference between failure and success or not just even success the the difference is you didn't even try you know and Helping push folks into just trying to me is I'm an action. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's, I know it sounds too simple, but it's so clear. What are you doing about it? Oh, well, how about what can you do about it? Okay, go do that and call me back in a week. And people are, you know, in action. Mm-hmm. Who I am when I'm in action is different when I'm sitting in my, on my chair worrying about it. It's, you know, action. Yeah. I don't, I don't, worrying, I really, it's, it's a waste of time. It's negative energy. Um, I I agree a lot with what Depeche said earlier, and I'll tell you, my diet and exercise program has gotten way better um, since the lockdown, you know, for me, I mean, there was no gym. So I, you know, I just kind of made a gym right over there. And, you know, my son actually is now starting to inspire me because he's doing WWE. Not that I want to get out there and, you know, but do body slams or anything, but he wants to start training. And so I'm like, okay, well now, now this kid's doing burpees and push ups and all kinds. I'm not doing burpees, by the way, that's the, that is torture, Someday. but it, like that gets me going. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite back to my fighting weight, but I'm almost there. I'm getting there and I will be there soon. Um, and so that action too has been, is great. And so you have to also stay away from negativity. You know, for me, I can't, I don't, I don't like it at all. I know what you like and don't like, you know, that's so part of what's really wonderful from time to time is to be able to see that it's okay to have the shit going on as opposed to, I should not have it. If you look at the lineage from, uh, I shouldn't, it shouldn't be this way. The next thing that must follow that particular line of thought is something is wrong here. Something is wrong with them, it, or me. And man, that doesn't solve any problem. That doesn't do anything. So, uh, you know, part of what when people are contributing, they stay away from that kind of thinking because they're doing it for somebody else. It's a pretty cool way to start looking at life from time to time. Uh, you know, part of the reason dentists go into dentistry is they want they, they like expressing that. They're doing something. When they're doing their stuff in the mouth, they're not home. It's a very great time to be for a lot of dentists to just do something like that and contribute to people. Mm-hmm. This is a mm-hmm. good show. You have a remarkable guy on here. You know, um, I got two, two remarkable guys. 
<laughs> like I said, people, people smarter than me and people that do not get bored or people that do get bored and search for other things. Um, I, I'm I, bored of a bit. I just think look for a future that they can make happen. It sounds a little more exciting than being bored. You, have a, choice you into that. have a much better way of words. I have a lot to learn at your feet, Sensei. Go ahead. Happy when people, I apologize. What? Apologize for what? Sometimes I get too enthusiastic. I know I go over to the, it starts to boil over a bit. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. It was a better choice of words. That's okay. I'm I'm not sensitive. Okay. okay. Well, I knew that. That's the first thing in our meeting. I said, oh my God, this guy is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go tell my wife that later today. (laughs) I don't know about the other domains. But he, so, he, so if the world is about me seeing the world in a particular way, he sees it in such a way and has gone through the breakdown uh, in, in doing exactly what you, you ought to do. Get in relationship again because everything lives out there. They see who you are, not what you're doing, and can speak in a way that you listen. And then taking action. And having the third piece of this triangle is um, – He's a little train that could. He really thinks he can. He gets up every morning and goes, you know, choo-choo. He's got up that hill. That's all good. Uh, I don't know how many dentists have any of that to that degree. And you said you wanted to leave a legacy when we first started this conversation. I'd like to see that legacy more into the whole industry than a vertical market here, than a silo. So how do you get your brilliance and what you see is possible out there so that they can think at least up that scale a bit more. That's yeah, it. That's, so you, that's to you, Depeche. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one of the things I've started working on is, is a platform to help empower, teach, educate uh, other dentists uh, and other professionals, whether it's dental hygienist, speech path, uh, whatever it may be, right? To one, you know, grow their knowledge base, you know, become better at what they do in their practice uh, and their, pro- you know, professionally. Secondly, uh, I also want them to be uh, financially successful, right? So creating a pathway for them to uh, you know, either invest in a way that uh, they can make solid, stable investment uh, is kind of a, a, a my secondary pathway. Uh, with my uh, private equity firm uh, on it. So with that, we we raise capital for various funds uh, and and create diversification pockets. So that way, these guys can start developing a level of passive income. Uh, also, you know, too many too often I see, you know, they're you know the, the professionals are making money but I feel like they're burning it as fast as it comes in and they have nothing left at the end of their career uh, on it. So, you know, that's how I'm kind of twofold way, uh, a two punch way where I'm, I'm helping people and try to empower. Uh, and that in turn helps create my legacy and hopefully I can help stimulate their own journeys and legacies. Love that. Well or somebody had done that for me. And yeah. 
I had nobody. I didn't uh, learn about money until uh, later in life. Uh, you know, I made a lot of money, and then yeah. music stopped one day. And I was like, "All right, well, we'll be fine, right? We got lots of money." Yeah. Uh oh. No. No. We have a lot of nice things. We had a really good time, um, but it's we did not have what uh, I had thought we had. You know, at the time. And so that's, I had to learn at, you know, over past 30 that uh, when I look at a dollar now, I don't see a dollar. I see $5 in 10 years. That's how I look at a dollar now. And I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was, you know, 12. Right. You know, and then I could just uh, do shows like this and hang out with Mark all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I see it a little differently. So I, I, I was always neurotic and worried about money. And so I always made a lot of money and then did what stupid people do with money. And I did all that too. And then I uh, did a program with someone and she actually has a book out. I'll plug her book. Um, it's called The Soul of Money. I think it's the 10th edition. Her name is Lynn Twist. And the whole conversation for three days is what's enough. What's enough? And when I realized that I had enough, then I didn't have to compete in the same way I did before. I could actually do more of what I wanted to do, as opposed to prove to other people that I could do this. So there was something about my relationship when, when, I, did, when I got to enough. Went, oh, this is enough for me. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't happen until I was in my 50s or probably yeah, in my 50s. So I, and I always struggled for money and I never had enough. No matter how much I made, I never had enough. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and I, enough, you know, and, you know, enough. It's the first generation never has enough. So, you know, and mm, the recession didn't help. The Spanish flu didn't help. World War II and World War One didn't help. Not, you know, money's been crazy here. This is the first time that my experience of life, the life is the money has gotten as crazy as it's gotten. Even the two thousand and eight was a little bit different than it feels right now for me. It's like, whoa. This is so. This is this is something that where things could things could happen. Mm. When you were when you were in your prime and when you were chasing money, hey baby, I'm still in. Were you were you were were you passionate? Were you passionate about what you were doing at the time, or were you more into? Or were you more chasing chasing paper? I was a dentist for 13 years. Uh Loved it. Structurally, it was a great thing to do. Made a lot of ton of money. Did this consulting stuff. Got wholly intrigued by uh, how leaders think and who they are to, to make those kinds of decisions with 250,000 employees. What do you do? Whoa. And, you know, you have a board that you have to report to and the whole deal that comes with that, and, you know, the kind of courage it takes to be a leader at that level. And <clears throat> that intrigued me. And then I... Anyway, so I have found that I have gotten more passionate every day about what I do. That's why I'm still doing it. It's still a kick in the pants. It's like, whoa, I'm doing the best work of my life, I think, with people that I've ever done before. Um, I just feel that way. And their results in terms of their lives and their businesses show that. Uh, yeah. And I'm up against another rub for me is, is well, what do I do with this now? How do I create a legacy? All that stuff goes on for me. Right. Yeah, you're a remarkable guy. You know, this is a great show. I've learned a lot. How many of the, how many 
Depeches are there on the, out there? What do you think? Out of 190,000 dentists that are practicing, what do you have? Three? Five? You're unique like a snowflake. I'll give you that. I, I would bet. Do you, do you participate in the ADSO and all that stuff? Depeche, do you? Uh, ADSO, what is that? ADSO, the American Association of Dental Service Organizations, the Rick Workman, Steve Thorne, Steve Bilt, that and that stuff. Do you play in that anywhere in that arena? Depeche, did I get the question? No, I've never heard of. Oh wow! How great is that? No, not that. It's all self-generated. No, he didn't compete. Yeah. You are unique. Very good. Pat, what else yeah. would you like to do? Do oh. you have an agenda or something? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, next thing up is, um, I mean, let's kind of stick to the topic of chasing paper. You know, I think that my my personal opinion, I'm just going to put my thought out there, is that, and what I've been teaching my children is that money is simply financial independence. It is not a competition because let's say, you know, I mentioned earlier, my son's working out. Right. And so I told him, I said, you can work out, you can get real strong genetically. Um, you're, you'll be okay. You know, you'll you'll be pretty good. You always remember, no matter what happens, there's somebody stronger than you, no matter what. All right. There's somebody in the world that's going to be stronger no matter how strong you get. So just accept that and do the best that you can and do what you feel is, you know, your goals. You have to fit your goals within yourself. And it's the same thing with money. You want to have financial independence. I don't want to have to worry about money. And it took me a little while to, you know, recover, but we're all good now. Um, And that's where I also don't want that to rule chasing that chasing anything really you know, no matter how much money you make, there's always going to be somebody that has more money. So if that's how you are measuring the, whether you have achieved within your lifetime, um, you know, that's not a very good measuring stick. I don't think. Comments. No, there are no comments to say when the truth is spoken, you all, everyone nods their head. They go, yeah, that's right. Well, I agree with, <laughs> agree with that. I think, uh, yeah. The capacity to um, said it took me a long time to realize that who I was was not going to really change, and then to embrace that. I'm always going to be short. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to change. I'm never going to be able to dunk. You know, or go to my left. I'm never going to be able to be a deep hash in terms of the capacity to generate an entrepreneurial expression as a business and make multi-million dollars. That's not just who I am. And before, if I wasn't going to be as successful as that, that would bother me. So one of the drivers in my life used to be trying to compete. And so the thing I really admire here, as a periodontist particularly, I would move into a neighborhood which is high-end perio to see if I could be better than they are. I mean, that's how I ran a lot of my life. Um, and I, I and I don't do that anymore. And he's never done that. He he competes with himself. That is that is uh, unusual, at least in my experience. I think that's great. I like to, I do that now. Uh, mm-hmm. 72 years. He, he got it, I don't know how old he is. Depeche, how old are you? 41. <laughs> 41. 
A young pup, in my view. I'm 41, too. Really? Yeah. I got a baby face. But you've created that this whole thing. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Well, I think you guys are pretty cool. And I think you're pretty cool for being on my show. And um, before we go, um, any last pearls of wisdom? Anything that you're seeing out there that... um, I don't know. Let's, let's do, I'm going to do this in two parts. Okay. So one thing is there's a lot of noise out there and noise is my Georgia polite word. And have you heard anything that you would, any myths that you would like to just pop? Depends on what gossip you listen to. Right. <laughs> my clients call me and tell me the weirdest stuff. I have to say, no, I, I talk to them all all these stakeholders, you know, and see what they're up to. I do with the professionals. I check things out in my own head to see how close I am to reality. Um, I don't think you can make a plan for a long-term future as well as nearly as well as you could in the past. I think what you've got is the next couple of things to look in front of you and to do what you say you're going to do to restore full integrity to your, to your word and more in the short term than ever. That would be an accomplishment. So people would feel more accomplished than oh, shit, what am I going to do in 2021? Six million people lost their dental insurance yesterday. Six million. It's like that. Happen. Be prepared. So, mm-hmm. so my advice is short term, short term goals, short term requests, short term promises. Take things back into your own hands. Take control. To, you know, like the patient had to make hard decisions. More than likely, had to let people go. All that stuff. And <clears throat> yeah. So that would be my 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 pearls. If there were pearls, is don't look more than a couple months in advance. Really. I like that. I like that a lot. Depeche. Uh, you know, I think uh, one of the takeaways is for myself, I've laid down a couple of principles. Uh, one is, is hard work on it. You got to put in the time and energy and whatever you're doing, whatever you're passionate about, right? Uh, if you want to grow. So, and, and doing whatever it takes, however long it takes. Uh, secondly is, is uh, my pillar is discipline. Wow. You got to be disciplined in what you're doing. Uh, and then thirdly, having the integrity uh, on it, right? Now, the first three pillars require uh, a supportive spouse uh, that allows you to to do what you're doing, right? And the end goal of this, obviously, is financial independence uh, on it, right? So in order to have financial independence or, or, or make strides towards it, you got to put in the time and effort, which is uh, hard work. You got to do it with a level, you know, integrity and you got to be a very disciplined person uh, doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that self-discipline that you have within yourself. Uh, and you got, you got to have a, a very supportive spouse uh, to make that happen. Right. At the end of the day, uh, you can't conquer everything uh, by yourself. It requires a an army of people. It requires a team uh, uh, of people, right? And then you got to have the ability to empower your team, uh, give your team the ability to make decisions and stuff for you uh, on it. So mm-hmm. uh, 
And then those are the pillars that, that I live by. Uh, and I surround myself with, uh, you know, people whom I, I trust, uh, the people who help push me, help motivate me and keep me going. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'll give a shout out to Mrs. Stephanie O'Rourke for being my spouse. And um, I couldn't agree with you more, actually. Hard work, discipline, integrity. Um, that's it. You can't get around hard work, right? And you got to have discipline to do it. And if you don't do what you say, right. and say what you do, then you're not going to make it far. Exactly. And you have to have to, uh, a level of social skills. Amen. And right, you know, I, I think you guys are right on. I think you need emotional skills too. Right. You can't lead a large organization like yours and you can't work with a lot of people like Pat does. Yeah. Not really knowing yep. if you can feel what they feel, it really helps. Yep. Amen. Yeah, and I call it more emotional agility or emotional intelligence. Yeah. Emotional agility. I like that. You're like a ninja. Emotional. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we mentioned earlier is surround yourself with people smarter than you. And I would like to thank both of you, Mark Cooper and Depeche, for being on the program because you're smarter than me. And I, that's what I have accomplished. My goal is surrounding myself with people smarter than me, um, as well as John Ray. Special thanks to John Ray. And I'll give a shout out to Scott Marquardt, my partner of Practice Quotient, who is a sponsor of the show for PPO negotiation and analysis. Scott Marquardt, definitely smarter than me. Uh, love you, Scott. I hope you listen to the show. Um, with that, I will say thank you very much again, Mark. Thank you, Depeche. And until next time, this is Patrick O'Rourke on Dental Business Radio.